Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them, and that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your host, Maddie Mack, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gab. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are back here live kicking in another episode. But before we get into that let's let you guys know where you can find us you can find us on instagram and facebook just type in the grinding true crime podcast and you can find us follow us and even message us and we will respond back probably not right away but eventually we will uh also if you just want to listen to us um go to your podcast stream type in podbean spotify anchor itunes and pandora just type in the grinding true crime and you can listen to some of our past and very past recordings that we've done and if you're out of the country you can listen to us on Podchaser, radio public breaker and pocket cast oh, also listeners discretion is advised because we do get into details and we also got merchandise right todd yes sir <clears throat> is at the redbubble.com under todd fox 80 which is all the grinding true crime stuff that's right so if you guys want to purchase some merch support the cause there you go once again listener discretion is advised todd will break down a couple of stories i believe so uh let's let todd take it away show us well tell us todd what you got today well one for this show um well i did tell you the last time um that we were going to get into some um cannibalism so buckle up for the next uh, (laughs) the next two episodes are uh cannibalistic Let's just put it to you that way. Ooh. Yes. <clears throat> so uh, this first one, because um, we'll get to the one on our next show, but this one is uh, by the by the name of the guy's name is Peter Bryan. Sorry. Uh, pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal guy. Uh, or you would think uh, it's it's going to and we're going to not be in the United States. We're, remember how we were like, oh, let's let's try to get international a little bit. We're, uh, this one's from the UK. UK in the building. Yes, it is. Um, so we get to go to the UK for Peter Bryan, our first subject of uh, dual cannibals in the next couple weeks. This one will be the first episode. Uh, was, was Peter Bryan. He was born October 4th, 1969. Um, oh. He is the youngest of seven children and an immigrant of parents from the Barbados, uh, which is an island country off the in the Caribbean Ocean. Okay. So we got um, an islander. Yes, sir. Uh, he attended junior high school in Shannon, Shannonsbury, England, where uh, attending Trinity Secondary School in Canningtown, where he left at the age of 14 or 15, and he uh, obtained a job uh, working in the clothes factory. So he basically dropped out and um, wanted to work uh, for whatever reason. It's not specified. Um, and also he wanted and he also became a uh, cook in a soup kitchen. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so far, pretty normal life. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of living that immigrant life. Uh, he just didn't finish school, you know. So, okay. <clears throat> in uh, 1987, he moved to East London, where he would live in a hostel, uh, sort of a c- communal apartment. Um, it was there he fir- he uh, committed his first act of violence. Um, what did he do? <laughs> at did the he start re- like everybody else. Did he what? Did he start like everybody else? Um, no, this one was just like in your face type thing. It wasn't like a small thing. Mm. This one, uh, let's see. This one is at the residence on the sixth floor. He got into an argument with a neighbor and, um, his, and it was about something really mundane. Uh, something about like the windows or something. Cause remember everyone shares the floor. Oh, it's, it's one of those, uh, communal type places. Um, According to the police reports, Peter uh, got mad over an argument and attempted to throw his neighbor off the six-story balcony. Uh, wow. Yeah. But, six stories? <laughs> wow. Yeah, six <laughs> stories up. Um, his neighbor, though, fought back with a metal plate, smashing it over his head, where Peter actually had stunned him for a bit to where he can get away from the balcony and other people could subdue uh, Peter and calm him down. Um Despite all this, uh, what do you think the cops did when they uh, they got there and arrested him? Um, I'm going to say they let him go. Gabby, I think the same. I feel like he got a lecture, and that's it. <laughs> you guys are. You guys are so right. I mean, the, the the bad cops are not only over here; they're in other countries. <laughs> what what they say when they got there, Todd? Give me a reenactment. They took their batons and they said, "This is a bloody mess. Do not do this anymore. Try to stay away from the throwing people off the balconies." And then the guy, and then the guy's like, "Okay," and they let him go. They drop the charges. Wow. So, <laughs> oh. He got off scot-free. He didn't even get a ticket. Wow. Yeah. So in 1993, fast forward six more years, Peter worked in a fashion district called King's Road in England. He worked in a clothing store and became infatuated with the daughter of the owner, uh, whose name was Nisha, who was only 20 years old and Peter was 23 at the time. What was her name? Nisha. Nisha. Okay. okay, not so, bad. Well, she was Sound- she was an islander as well. Oh, okay. I about to say sounds like a black girl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And th- and this guy's a black guy as well. So uh, you know, well, I believe it. You know, from Barbados. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just in case you didn't, you didn't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, he had he had feelings towards her, but she didn't have feelings towards him. And uh, um, here we go. Yep, here we go. So just a couple weeks later, though, Peter would get fired for stealing clothes. And um, after his firing and his being turned down by Nisha, uh, well, what do you think Peter did? Well, you know he's pissed. Um, I say he takes it out on a random civilian walking down the street. Random civilian? Okay. I think he took it out on her. He was going to get his way. Gabby got it right again. So Dang it! Two. <laughs> One for two, Matt. Uh, um <laughs> He committed his first murder by returning oh, to the store. He returned to the store where he was fired, and he ca- he came with a claw hammer. 
Oh, it, shoot. In the middle of the day, mind you. So this is not even like, hey, a random attack at night. Maybe they won't see me. He's coming in the middle of the freaking day. This is during um, tea time. He didn't care. Yeah, he didn't care. And what the suckiest, I mean, the worst, one of the worst parts about it is she's there with her brother, her young brother, who's only 12. And he attacked the brother first, uh, hitting him with a claw hammer three times till he knocked out. Oh. Um, before jumping on Nisha and hitting her six times in the head with a claw hammer, killing her. Um, That's sad. Yeah, he killed her right Nobody else was in the store? No, just them two. Dang. Um, By the time police and paramedics arrived, they were able to save the brother, but Nisha was deceased at the scene. When when they were able to find out that Peter Bryan uh, was behind it, uh, the police were hunting him for, for... days upon days uh he was even in the newspaper and then uh, when he felt he had nowhere else to run he made it to a three-story downtown uh, uh, condemned building where he jumped off the building to commit suicide but he survived obviously three for three yes (laughs) yes (laughs) he survived Um, wow yeah so upon going to the hospital and recuperating from his uh his injuries, he confessed to the murder of Nisha and was charged with manslaughter. What? Yeah. So, upon him getting charged and going to court, many mental evaluations. Now, here's where if he thought the cops were dumb, you're really going to get pissed with the court system and the psychiatric system. Um, they found him unstable and unfit for regular pr- uh, prison. So he was sent to maximum security psychiatric ward in 1995, where he would remain till 2001. Mm. Now, this time he was sent to a halfway house. Okay. Now, so, so he's, he was in a psychiatric ward for six years for killing an innocent 20 year old, nearly killing a 12 year old. And he was put in care of a social worker and a halfway house. Which you can come and go, but you have monitored, you know, comings and goings. Yeah, you're out of. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much on the street. Pretty you're much. free, yeah. Yeah. Um. So he he gets he gets uh. So in 2004, the social worker signed a, a waiver. Uh, you know, three years later, to release Peter Bryan, who was at this point at the halfway house, still being monitored, but. The social worker said, no, he needs to be set free. And granted, he he murdered just seven years prior and he was released. What? Yes. Into public with psychiatric problems and everything. What they doing in the UK, man? Why the heck would she say that? I have no idea, but whatever it was, they cleared the court systems. the The psychiatric people wrote off on it. The social worker, everyone said, "Okay, he's 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 adjusted. He's fine." The only thing they're going to do is put him on probation. Yeah, see, uh, they were scared for their lives. They're like, "Let him go. I don't want to be in this." <laughs> <laughs> but then you release him into the public to where he could do some more damage. That's the problem. Um, so his probation. He messes it up just two weeks later. Wow. Can and now if you guys get this one, I will never ever tell a story again. If you get why he <laughs> if you can get the most obscure way this guy violated his probation, 
Again, I'll, no, you know what? I will never do this show again, and I'll give you like five hundred dollars each, like right now, if you can get what? this. If you can, I'm gonna say this. he went in for indecent exposure. Or something. Not, uh, I'm just think most ex- obscure thing you can violate your probation. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna say just insulting someone. Nope. He slapped his mom. About as far as I can go. Okay, <laughs> so, harassment. Harassment? No. But okay, he stole something. No. Dang it. Oh, damn it. I All still right. want my five hundred. <laughs> You're getting more guesses than, than I was gonna give usually, but not. Um what happened was just outside his halfway house, some kids were playing in a park. And for for some reason, why is a why is a halfway house close to a park but anyway that's a story for another always. day um, <laughs> they're always in the wrong place <laughs> yeah but there's a 16 year old girl just kicking it playing with her friends he grabs her pins her down to the ground and no it's not rape no it's not murder no he doesn't stab her no he doesn't kiss her he just starts to blow raspberries on her stomach like making <laughs> making farting noises on There's her. There's no stomach. way we were gonna guess that. One. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's still harassment. <laughs> yeah, but but you didn't. You have to say what the harassment was. Yeah, I yeah. know. I got it right. You owe me five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted full detail. No, yeah. I, I wanted you to say raspberries <laughs> on a girl's. <laughs> <laughs> who the heck? Who the heck is that? gonna? Who? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm gonna give you guys money I don't have. <laughs> You, you know it. what? I'll give you a chance. You can send a hundred at a time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Payment plan, huh? <laughs> so he pinned her down and started blowing raspberries on her belly? On her belly, yes. What kind of... Okay. So, so really first scared. of all, where'd he get the raspberries from? Weird. Stupid, where'd he get the raspberries from? <laughs> he stopped at the market. He stopped at the... Unless he got raspberry trees or something. I don't know. <laughs> but here... So he... um. He was found mentally incompetent now, magically. I believe it. Arrested after violating a parole, where he was sent to Newman, Newham uh, General Hospital in London, which is another psychiatric ward. So after this episode, he was... A, he, <laughs> what happened? What the heck are you laughing? <laughs> I'm thinking when they got him, what happened? He was blowing raspberries. Yeah. <laughs> what him in? He's all... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what was going through that sixteen-year-old mind. <laughs> well, I mean, he it seems like he gets he gets into more trouble for the raspberries. You know what I mean? Like I he did murder. Wow. <laughs> um. So again, he was he was um, uh, what is it called? Uh, evaluated again a month later, mm-hmm. and they found him mentally competent again. So they were released him into the public just three hour, uh, just uh, a couple months after this. Uh, this raspberry thing, right? Wow. Um, I didn't know you could be incompetent mentally and then be competent again and over and over repeat the cycle. Wow. Again, UK needs some explaining. They need to explain how this works because I'm baffled too. I, I don't understand. Wow. Um, so now we come to a date, which is February 17, 2004. Uh, 2004. Okay. Uh, just three hours after being declared competent to leave the psychiatric ward again, Daniel went home uh, to or went to a home of his friend Brian Cherry. 
Three hours later, around 7 p.m., a friend of Brian Cherry's knocked on the door and saw that the door was not locked and opened slightly. Mm. <clears throat> Never a good sign. Nope. She walked in there with no, and there was no lights in the house. And, you know, she, she continued to investigate. See, I don't know why, but she continued to walk into the house. Um, in a pitch dark house. Yeah, or did she turn it on? Point, I would be out of there calling somebody. I would not go investigate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, she, I bet you she, to this day, she probably wishes she never had done that. Um, why is that? Because when she got through the living room, all of a sudden coming around the, uh, the hallway door from the kitchen was Peter with no shirt on and a lighter. And he said, uh, how are you doing? Um, it's rather cold outside. Um, you want to stay in and have some dinner? By the way, Brian's dead. And she Whoa. was like, excuse me? And then she ran out of the house as quickly as, as she did because um, she saw some blood on the wall. And um, the thing was, when the police came, they entered the house and Brian was still in there. And he was in the kitchen, apparently eating or, or, or cooking. And once the police with guns drawn came inside, opened up the kitchen door to, to get inside, they saw a body which had was on the table with both arms removed, what? one leg removed, and the other half removed. And no oh. and no head. He did all that in three hours? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yes. Yeah, so the police um, asked Peter what the hell happened, and he said he loved the smell of blood. It was comforting to him. And uh, so more police came once they, they handcuffed him and everything else like that, and they found, um, they found in one of the stove pots uh, Brian Cherry's head, Bashed, bashed in and on one of the plates that he had already consumed he had cooked uh, brain tissue and um, some other uh, pieces of flesh from the leg and had made a meal and already had partaked and it offered the police some once they had gotten there you know what man see that's gross <laughs> like ugh. and uh, he used butter and garlic to saute it to saute everything. Wow. Yes. I'm going to guess this is not the end of him because it can't be oh. as stupid as they've been. Yeah. I, I hope the police department felt responsible for that one. Um, well, not the police, but the psychiatric place. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll get to that because of what happens. Now, he would later tell police that he bashed Brian's head in t with 20, uh, 24 times with a hammer. Uh, Dang, man. Then he proceeded to saw off uh, the uh, pieces of meat, and he was going to package it. He said that he bit off Brian's nose with his mouth and ate his nose uh, completely raw. Wait, 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 yes. wait, 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 this guy then turn, it turns into a news story in England, all the tabloids. He gets arrested. 
he gets the whole um, what is it called the, the the treatment Silence of the Lambs. He has the face face metal thing, you know, covering his face because they're scared that he's going to lash out and bite, you know, a, a police officer or something like that. So you have this guy now has killed somebody. He's violent. He's done this. You know, he's ate somebody. You put him. You go to court again, and again the court says. He's not fit to be in a maximum security prison. Send him to a maximum security psychiatric ward. So he gets sent to a um, a psychiatric ward. Now, mind you, again, he just ate somebody. He just carved somebody up, his, his friend, supposed friend. What do you think happens when they uh, evaluate him? Hmm. I'm going to say they let him go again. Gabby? I'm thinking they obviously know that he has issues and they recognize he needs medical help, but they're not going to, how do you say, he's not going to jail. He's not going to serve anything for it because they think he's mental. Okay. You kind of both are right. With the exception okay. of what happens here is this man changes his mentality. So you go from like a beast ripping things apart to being evil to maybe cursing and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then you turn into, hey, how about a spot of tea? You know, let's sit down <laughs> and have crumpets and talk about the weather. And wow, isn't Manchester United playing good? Like he like <laughs> he turned into like the model pris- prisoner. And was talking to these people and blowing them away with his, his just calm behavior. And so, so, so not even a month later, they reevaluate him and say, you know what? He doesn't need the Hannibal Lecter kind of treatment. Let's put him in general population. Oh, so they put After him after all those crimes. They think, oh, he's fine. Yes, yes. And they put him what in. What the heck did they think was going to happen when they let him go? Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, he's still in the psychiatric ward, but you're putting him in general population. A guy who has eaten somebody. It, you kind of don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But they said, oh, he's such, a nice, he's such a nice guy. He's well maintained. He's, you know, good guy. He's a lovely bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I take it when he went to general population, that wasn't his last murder. Nope. Because just a month later, like I said, he would be walking in general population because they gave him up to uh, 15 minutes, three times a day to, to hang out in the, the uh, psychiatric wards sort of staff area or the area where they can mingle with other, um, you know, uh, patients or uh, prisoners or whatever you want to call them. That's where he met, met uh, Richard Loud. Um, uh, and uh, Richard Richard would be uh, walking towards the uh, pool table, and uh, Peter would come from behind with a cord tied around his neck, and then bash his head into the floor fifteen times before he knocked out. Um, Peter then uh, he said that uh, once he once Richard was unconscious, um, uh, Peter began to bite skin off of um you know, uh, certain parts of his body because he had no knives to cut it. And he began to take chunks out of his body before 
the staff finally said, hey, where's Peter? And they saw him eating a guy on the ground, and they intervened and separated the two. Uh, Richard, who was a 60-year-old prisoner at the time, he was in there for rape and uh, and, uh, sodomy, and he had some psychiatric stuff, so... He wasn't the greatest guys, but still, he didn't deserve dying like that, I guess. Maybe, or maybe Gabby says should have died, you know, worse. But... I was going to say that that depends. I would have to know his story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But wait, he, he did end up dying? Yeah, he didn't end up dying. He was took into intensive care where he was alive for a few days, but he, but he uh, succumbed to the injuries a few days later. Dang. So, um... Richard's family, though, despite him being such a uh, prolific rapist and whatnot and generally a bad guy, um, how much money do you think they got for uh, suing the uh, psychiatric ward? I'm going to say they got what Mr. Darcy got, 50,000 pounds. <laughs> well, no, that's good. too much. I'm going to say about like what, 1,000 pounds maybe? No, nah, I'm going to say they got equivalent to millions. No, see, Gabby would have been, that would have been something that the family deserved, I guess, or at least the wrongful, you know, because the psychiatric ward was found guilty of being completely stupid and and allowing that dude to get into general population. Um, Matt almost got it to a T. Um, it was 40,000 pounds, which, hey. which is only the equivalent to $48,000 US money. <laughs> we only got $48,000. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, for being the scumbag he was, they should be grateful they got any. Well, we don't know his story. If but- he was a prolific rapist and all of that, I'm sorry. I have no pity for him. I don't feel sorry. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the thing is, too, I think I'm siding with Gabby, too, because I think he was another one that was let out of prison to a psychiatric ward where he you, you pretty much when you're in a psychiatric ward, besides the pills, you're living pretty free and easy. Pretty much. I mean, you don't have no handcuffs with you. Twenty-four. There's a lot of raping that goes on in psychiatric psychiatric wards. I believe it. True. So when Peter was asked why he did that to uh, Richard, he said that he had the overwhelming uh, feeling to eat uh, again, and he wanted to make a whole meal out of Richard's body that could have lasted him for two weeks. He said, but he didn't. If he would have just had an hour he could have did what he wanted to do but obviously he had to eat what he could in 15 minutes which was a few chunks of meat from his body which is pretty disgusting i wonder what chunks it was his stomach or what they didn't say they didn't say so after all this they they did an entire investigation about his entire like you know cases leading up to it the murders prior um everything and um, he would actually be retried for everything. And um, he said cannibalism on the stand at the trial said in a most calming voice, cannibalism has been around since the dawn of time and there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. So what do you think his sentence was? Oh, I'm going to say death because this guy clearly is not stable. Okay, Gabby. I don't think he's done. Um, I think he's going to get a few years. Okay. Well, I think it's closer to Gabby on this one. She's been nailing all, the entire show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, his sentence, uh, he got two life terms, but just 
five years later, they were committed to 15 years each, which means which means he could be up for parole this year, 2021. And the latest he would go as far as a um, sentencing or staying in prison would be 2035. Wow. So he could essentially get out of prison and be back in population. The system better not be that stupid now. Well, that's the UK. I don't know how they do it out there. That's the UK, but but he he can be released as early as October of this year. Uh, there's you no, know there's no way. There's no way. I mean, I'm quite sure people of the UK will be like, uh, uh-uh, we waiting for him. Murdered three, ate two, almost killed another one. <laughs> mm. So. That yeah, is, I think everybody's going to be on edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope he does not get released, but that is the story of Peter Bryan. The, uh, he has several names as far as uh, uh, the cannibal of uh, the UK and stuff like that. So, Quite sure one of them is Cheeks. <laughs> Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to he, he's, a, he's a pretty big guy. So uh, Really? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he looks like he's eating a few people. Oof. It's a little pudgy. Oof. You think he didn't do more while he was in prison or like in psychiatric? What do you think? He probably uh, he probably done some other things that wasn't investigated prior to getting caught. This guy's out of his mind, so I, I wouldn't put it past him. He he did yeah. so. Yeah, he did yeah, so. Yeah, I'm quite sure. The whole eating your friend though, man, like you chopped him up, you hit him with the hammer. And cut his arm, both arms, half his leg and the whole leg. Put his head in the pot and was literally about to. Yeah, man. And he did all that in three hours. Yeah, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you, if you think this one's bad, you know, wait till the next episode. So once we finish this one out, you know, we'll record the other one. And I'll show you. I'll tell you about another fine young cannibal, and not the musician. She drives me crazy. There you go. I, all right, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. This should be the fine you young animals that Dude, I, you know your eighties. What can I say? Kudos, man. I didn't even know that. Oh man, <laughs> fine young animals. That was a good slip in, though. By the way, I got to give you credit for that. Yeah, hey, that was a good. Got that That's a good pickup, man. It's a good pickup. That's why we're a team. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, dude, no lie, bro. Like, I, I don't even want to eat chicken anymore because of the way, like, I got nauseous. I got nauseous for real, for real, for real. I looked at my hand and I was just sitting there looking like it don't look appealing to to, <laughs> to any way, shape, or form. So I'm just sitting here, just looking like I wonder what my skin tastes like. <laughs> you know what I'm well, at I'm just like looking at my hand like, man, will anyone shave my hand? I mean, I do got big thighs, so I know that's it. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just put it to you this way. Uh, <sighs> wait till next episode. Oh, <laughs> just wait till the next It gets episode. worse? It gets worse. Uh-oh. Yeah. You well, might keep tonight, then, because... I'm sorry. already getting prepared, man. <laughs> What's that guy's name again? Pro- uh, Brian? Peter Bryan. 
Peter Bryan. Screw you, Peter Bryan. You know, this is one of the cases where I'm telling you, it pisses me off that people just get away with anything. In the end, he was caught. But to think of the possibility that he can get out, he shouldn't have that possibility. Like I said, I know. At all. And then the people who let him out after what he had already done could have avoided that. They should have consequences. Listen to me. The people of UK, they know who I'm talking about. The people of UK, not the justice system, the people of UK going to make sure he don't get out. And if he does get out, they're going to make sure he get that street justice, I hope. <laughs> you would hope because, I mean, there's some bad justice systems. Like I know Australia's is pretty crazy. They're pretty lenient. Um, UK's lenient. But once we start doing some stories from Canada, that that's going to blow you away. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Canadian... Yeah, we- yeah, the Canadian ones. Oh, you think these guys are nice? Good grief! Really? Well, they say, "Hey, <laughs> what is your brother-in-law's house you talking?" Uh, what do you say? What they normally say in Canada? I, I. They'll be like, "Hey, buddy, stop killing, eh? <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> show yourself, eh? Come on, friend. <laughs> Would you like some water, eh? We gotta go visit your sister, so we gotta hang on how they talk. Oh yeah, yeah. My yeah. sister's married to a Canadian. Shocking, but she is. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, the justice system up there is just ridiculous. It's For all my Canadians out there listening. We're going to touch on you guys story next. So if you guys got any stories, if you want us to talk about from Canada, send us a message and either myself, Todd or Gabs will touch on you. Yep. 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 Not literally. <laughs> pause. Yeah, big time pause. Big time pause. <laughs> Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking out this story. Um, that was a very, very interesting story. Um, yeah, and it drove me crazy. So I had to throw it in there again. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so uh, for those who are listening, thank you so much. Uh, once again, just want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in the Grinding True Crime. And you can follow us, message us, and we'll hit back from you. And if you want to just listen to us, go on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us out of the country. And for today, we gave a shout out to UK. Um, you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And once again, Todd, tell them where you can get the merch. Redbubble.com under Todd Fox 80. That's right. So for all you guys listening, this is Maddie Matt. Along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox and Gabs. Gabby. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) we are signing off. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? (laughs) 